Welcome to the Vegan Beauty Power Lifestyle Podcast. This is the podcast for women wanting to live a healthy vegan lifestyle their way that they love. The Vegan Beauty Power Lifestyle is simple and life-changing, healthy vegan living for women. I'm your host, Jessica. If you want to be a part of this community, lifestyle, and movement of vegan women living everywhere in their beauty and their power, this is for you. I'm simplifying it all for you and showing you how. Yay, goddess, live this beautiful lifestyle with me. Hey, in this episode, I am going to share about animal activism. I wouldn't really consider myself an animal activist or an animal lover, but I truly believe that animals share this earth with us and they exist with us. They do not exist for us. They do not owe us anything and we do not need to use them at all. When it comes to domestic animals, we do have a responsibility to care for them and be their guardians and help to take care of the planet and other humans as well. Help each other out. And with wild animals, we need to let them be and leave them alone and stop interfering and disrupting and disturbing their lives. They are constantly, every single day, being abused, tortured, and killed by humans wild animals are and especially domestic animals are so when you do activism it brings awareness to these serious issues going on in the world and it really helps get the word out and educate people on what they can do to make it a better world helping the animals out and really believing that they don't owe us anything and we don't need to use them and letting them live their lives really makes the world better. And that is so important. They want to live too. They don't give us their consent for us to use them. They cannot speak in the same language that we speak, so they cannot communicate with us in that way. We don't need to bother them and mess with them they don't bother us or mess with us either wild animals do not fuck with us they know that there is not a vet out there to help them they are not stupid and they're not going to take that risk unless they are super sick have rabies or if somebody messes with their babies and all those kinds of things but typically wild animals do not fuck with anyone they don't really fuck with humans So if you encounter a wild animal, you just leave them the fuck alone. I promise you it is so easy. Leave them the fuck alone. It's really that simple. And when it comes to domestic animals, there's an overpopulation of them. Because people keep breeding them over and 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 over again. We're talking about dogs. And... We are talking about chickens, pigs, cows, all those animals. There's there's also an overpopulation of cats, but not necessarily because they're being bred, but because they keep having kittens over again because people are not getting them spayed and neutered. 
when it comes to domestic animals, like I said before, we have a responsibility because they depend on us. Humans are the ones in the first place that started to breed the hell out of them and make them overpopulate. So what can we do about that? Well, first of all, we need to make sure that all the dogs and cats are being spayed and neutered so that they cannot have more and more and more and more because literally there are not enough homes in the world for these dogs and these cats, period. So do not support breeders, please, please, please do not support breeders because they are contributing to the problem of overpopulation. There are many dogs and cats that need homes. So when breeders add to the overpopulation of dogs and cats, that's just making it worse for the ones that already need homes. Okay? Yeah. And there's also a lot of breeding going on with other animals like horses and rabbits and there's all these reptiles and they, people just let them go. And the people are so totally irresponsible. So people need to get their shit together, stay accountable and take responsibility because these animals depend on us. Domestic animals depend on us. We just can't let them out in the wild and let them go. So support rescues, support sanctuaries, because they are the ones that are caring for these animals in the best way possible that is closest to their natural environment that they would live in if they were not domestic and there's all these things going on about how you know people feel like they own an animal if they're a part of their family okay but I just don't like to use that term so I like to say guardian okay because I don't say that I own my kid I could say that that's my dog, that's my cat, that's my lizard, my horse, whatever animal you want to say, that people have domestic animals, but I'm not going to say that I own that rabbit, that I own that dog, that I own that horse, whatever. I'm going to say that I'm the guardian of that dog because I wouldn't say I own my kid. I say I'm the guardian of my kid. You see what I'm saying? So I think of it in that term and it helps to get that perspective that we need to ensure that we have the responsibility to take care of these domestic animals just like we have the responsibility to take care of our kids and other kids that are in our communities that are in our families that we help with that we that are in our lives so it is in that way so when you think of it that way you get a clearer perspective of of how things really should be how are they how they're supposed to really be there are many different ways. And, and honestly, I have probably said this before. You do not have to be an animal lover to live vegan because I don't consider myself an animal lover. I just want them to leave me the fuck alone and I want to leave them the fuck alone. Okay. That's, that's really the thing. So at the same time, just because I don't consider myself an animal lover doesn't mean that I'm going to use animals. I believe that they coexist with us in this world and that we should give them the right to live their lives. And it's as simple as that. I do not want to contribute to or support any use of animals at all whatsoever. So you do not have to be an animal lover in my eyes to live vegan, period. 
There are many different ways that you can do activism if you want to, and you do not have to be out there in the real world to do this. There are many online ways and different things you can do if you don't want to put yourself out there. I totally understand if you don't want to put yourself out there and if you don't want to be in front of people talking in front of people or people seeing you because people can judge, people can be mean, people can be nasty and all that kind of stuff. You can throw it right back to them, you could ignore them, or you can just not put yourself out there. That's your choice. There is no wrong way to do activism. There's no right way to do activism. There's no better way than another. That's your choice. That's up to you. You need to take care of you before you take care of anyone else. Your mental health matters and you are important and the world needs you and people love you and you matter. So you need to make sure that you take care of you first. So if going out there doing protests, going out there standing on the streets, bringing awareness to these atrocities that animals are going through, doesn't support how you want to feel, it doesn't support your mental health, doesn't support your well-being, then you do not have to do that. Do not feel obligated to do any form of activism that doesn't feel good to you. You should only do what feels good to you and you don't have to put yourself out there physically. There are other ways that could be just as powerful and just as effective And that's why I want to go through those different things. And I'm sure that I'm leaving some out. There may be many, many, many more. I'm going off of a blog post that I did a long time ago that goes through a list of these things. But like I said, there's probably many more. And you can probably just search this or you can probably ask people that you know that are involved and they can share a lot about it. So one way is pamphlets, bookmarks, bumper stickers, and stickers. Like material that you can leave out in the public for people to pick up, read, or use. You can leave stickers out in places for people to actually keep and put on something if they want, or you could actually stick it somewhere. You can leave bookmarks um, and different pamphlets and brochures and things like that. And all these little different things, like little cards or whatever, pieces of paper, like materials like literature or whatever they call it so that people can see it it might be thrown away it might be you know thrown on the ground but at least people are seeing it and there are some people that will actually take it with them okay and who knows maybe they'll share it with others so it's never a lost cause because you never know who will receive it And who will really pay attention and start to read it? Even if it's just one person, that makes a difference in a positive way. And that's what we want. You know, you can leave them in different public places if if it allows that. So just figure out if you want to do this. Places that are local to you or just drive somewhere in a different city or wherever, a populated big city or anywhere and figure out what places allow you to leave stuff like that there and just go ahead and go for it. You could even hand them to people if you feel like doing that. But just keep in mind that different people are going to receive it in different ways. Um, I know that veganoutreach.org may have some materials that can be sent to you that you can distribute if you want. So you can try to look that up, veganoutreach.org. And I really think there's many different ways you can distribute this. You can, you know, pin it to bulletin boards. You can just leave it, leave it at tables, benches, 
just different places if you're if they allow you to do that so there are many different opportunities to do that bags buttons and shirts so if you are the person that wants to spark a conversation or if you don't want to talk at all these work for that there are many different vegan message shirts bags and buttons that you can pin on things like your shirts or your apparel that you're wearing or whatever that have vegan message on them some of them are serious some of them are funny some of them are light-hearted some of them are cute whatever but there are a lot of them out there you can search for those many different apparel that you can wear and when people see you out in public they'll see your shirt they'll notice it they might ask you something about it they might not but just remember to always be the vegan you wish you met when you became vegan yourself it can really get people to think when they see the shirts with messages on them. Writing. Obviously, everyone knows that writing is an amazing way to get a message across and to share something. And there are many different forms you can do this. You can do this through blog posts. You can do this through social media posts. You can do this through books and ebooks too and articles You can like, you know, search her in magazine or get in a magazine or whatever it may be. There are many different ways to write to get that out there in a way that you don't have to put yourself in front of people that are looking at you. So there are many different ways to do this. You can write a screenplay. You can write a script for a TV show. You could do a web series. Like I said, books, blogs, articles, plays. I mean, there are many different ways to write. So don't limit yourself. If you love to write, go for it. And if you think that that would be a cool way to get the message out there that you want to get out there, go for it. Photography. This could be in many different ways. So there are those photographers out there that take pictures of animals that have died, that have been through abuse that are suffering tremendously they will go into slaughterhouses they will go into chicken houses they will go into farms if they can they will go behind the scenes of zoos and circuses and all of that and they will take pictures of these animals animal testing and all of that labs all of that when puppy mills all when these animals breeding grounds where these animals are living in the worst possible condition that they could be in But there are also photographers that are taking pictures of animals and they're living in happiness, living their best life in animal sanctuaries, out in the wild, or anything like that, just living their natural life. So you got those two different on the spectrum, but they're both very important and they're both very necessary to bring the awareness to how animals are being treated in the world. And there are both examples of how animals are being treated in the world. So if you like to take pictures, especially if you like to take pictures of nature, then taking pictures of animals can extend that. And you could add that to that if you feel like it. And if you think that's something you'd like to do, you could do that. And then if you do take pictures of them, you can go as far as to try to submit your pictures to some publication or to some media or to some outlet or use them on your social media or use them on your website if you have a blog or you or 
post them, put them out there with the rest of your pictures and the rest of your work and your portfolio to make them be a part of that and to really get people to see that out in the world. And that brings a huge awareness to it all as well, because we do need to see what's happening too. We need to read about it. We need to hear about it. We need to see about it, see it, and we need to feel it. And pictures are very important visually. It's very necessary. So if you like to take pictures or if you are a photographer, you can add that to what you do and that'll make a huge difference. That is really needed. Films, blogs, and videos, like I've said before. Films and books and blogs and videos are always to tell stories in this world. And you can be an animal activist and do a lot of good in the world by telling stories through these different mediums. And they can be very effective. You could do it whatever way you want. You could be very serious. You can make it be very heartbreaking. But that really does get the message across to people. But you could also be lighthearted and show how animals want to live and show them when they are happy when they are living as they should and how to treat them with respect because we live live with them in this in this world those that's very important to show as well you don't always have to be serious and show the horror that they go through even though that is important necessary we do also need to see the positive of it too the positivity of it really helps a lot of people to see what these animals lives should be like. So these are many different amazing ways to tell these stories and to get the message out there and to be an activist for the animals in the best way. Social media. You know, there's so much social media nowadays. There is TikTok. There is Instagram. There is um, Facebook still. There's even Pinterest and YouTube. You even have Green Room and Clubhouse and Snapchat. Like, there's so many things. And even though some are more so search engines, you can still put things out there too. And it really is a great way for the whole entire world to see it worldwide, just as it would be if, as just as it would be to make a film or to write a book. The whole world can receive that message, and you can tell the story with them through social media as well. Educate and activate. Art. There are people who are artists. And in their art, they share messages. So it really can be about anything. So if you create art, no matter what type of art that is, you are an artist and you can include animal activism in your art if you want. There's many different forms of it. There's paintings, sculptures, dancing, graphic design, fashion, drawings, jewelry, pottery, makeup, and it goes on and on and on. There's so many different forms of art. People don't need to limit it to just painting. I mean, there's just, art is very broad. So you can use it 
to be an activist for the animals and spread a message that you want to. Whether you sell your art or not, people will see it. And it is a creative way to share messages and tell stories about things that you want to bring awareness to. And that is very appreciated and loved and admired. Vote with your dollars. You've probably heard this before. But anytime you spend and invest your money on vegan products, companies, organizations, establishments, and brands, you are advocating for veganism while supporting vegan businesses. Anytime you support a vegan business, you are communicating that you want and use vegan products and brands. Vegan businesses can grow and thrive with continued support. By supporting them, you are giving the world the message that vegan businesses are in demand and they matter. So please keep putting your money into these vegan companies and products and brands and everything and organizations and foundations support them because they are doing a huge difference in the world and whether they are big or small, they always need support. Positive reviews, suggestions, and recommendations. This goes right along with what I was just talking about. If you like the product or service you paid for from a vegan business, leave a review for them. And it, it doesn't have to be a thing that you buy. It could be something free too. If it's a blog post, comment on it. If it's a social media post, comment on it. Share it. Talk about it to other people. If it's a podcast, leave a review. Subscribe to it. Share it with other people like this podcast right now. My podcast, the Vegan Beauty Power Lifestyle Podcast. Talk to talk about it with other people. Share about it. Leave a review. Subscribe. YouTube, same thing. Subscribe to their channel. Comment on their videos. Share their videos. They need to know they're supported and appreciated because that will encourage them to put out more content and more products. And we need that and we want that. Share in your review what you liked about them and why other people should support it. Leave the vegan business a note of your appreciation. While you're out, you can recommend vegan companies and products that you love and use. And this does not have to be something that you spend money on. Like I said, this can be an Instagram, a vegan Instagram TikTok account, a vegan Instagram, a vegan TikTok account, a vegan Instagram account, a vegan YouTube channel, a vegan podcast, a vegan blog, a vegan book, a vegan film, anything, vegan art, a vegan artist. Anyone that you would use their service or product from that you pay money for or use for free counts when it comes to this. So share with people why you love the vegan products you use and why they should check them out. You don't have to stop at recommending only to your friends and family. Recommend them to leaders, politicians, doctors, authors, filmmakers, the media, and everyone else and other people with authority and influence. You can even do this on in an online space through blogging, video, or social media, or a podcast. If you're somewhere that lacks vegan options, whether it's a store, boutique, bakery, or restaurant, leave them suggestions of why you want them to have vegan options. So this goes on to 
say if there is a restaurant that you actually like because they have vegan options, but they're like sides that you have to be, but there are sides that you have to put together for you to have options or they don't have that many options for you, let them know that you appreciate the options that they do have for you, but you would really love and appreciate if they would have more options. Let these companies know, let these establishments and places of business know that you want more vegan options and that you will support them and that you can assist them and help them if they have questions about it for how they can do that. Keep them accountable to adding more more options and letting them know that that, that 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 is in demand that you want more options communicating to them that you expect and would appreciate vegan options from them lets them know what they can do to improve as well as gives them the understanding that veganism is not temporary or a trend public speaking and events this is something you can do if you love to speak in front of others if you love to share something with others you can attend events, create your own events, and do public speaking. People can hire you for that. You can just start your own thing. You could even do live streams. You could do this online. You don't have to do this in person, but they both work in person events and online events, virtual events. You can do it through Zoom. You can do it through social media, live streams. Um, there are many different ways you could do this. You can collaborate with other people and start your own that way. Um, and and it, it could just go from there. It could be free or, or people could pay, but there are many different events that give the opportunity to showcase veganism. Some events are focused only on veganism while others aren't. These events may be festivals, fairs, a round table, a panel, a conference, or a meetup. Meetups are a great way to put together a gathering of people and have a discussion about veganism, a vegan potluck, a vegan cooking class, a film viewing showing a documentary about animals, or a Q&A about veganism. There are many different animal activism ideas you can in- implement into events. If you like speaking in front of people, public speaking would be perfect for you to educate people about veganism. Volunteer and donate. If you don't have money, you can donate your time, which is just as important and impactful as donating money. And if you do have money, but you don't have time, donating your money tremendously helps as well. So they both are very important and they both help and they are both needed. Volunteering your time and donating your money or other items needed to vegan organizations and foundations is huge. Even animal shelters that aren't necessarily vegan because they are helping animals like dogs and cats. Now these include nonprofits, organizations, foundations. They also include animal sanctuaries. This tremendously helps animals. There are so many animal sanctuaries, rescues, and shelters that need your support. They're able to help animals because people donate and volunteer. Anytime you visit an animal sanctuary, rescue, or shelter, tell people about it. protest demonstrations and marches now i understand that this is only for a certain type of person where they are okay with confrontation they are pretty bold and they like to put themselves out there if that's not for you then that's totally okay but all of these forms of activism are very appreciated they're very necessary they're important and they're needed So many demonstrations, protests, and marches are held throughout the year in various cities and locations. You can attend one or you can start your own. You can collaborate with other people as well. You can invite others to participate with you. All of these are ways of helping animals by educating people and showing them the truth about what animals are forced to go through while giving 
people ways they can help. So in a lot of these, they have video footage for people to watch. They have signs for people to read and all of these different things. So you can be a part of that. I know there are organizations that exist that do this. So you can look that up because I'm not sure specifically what they are called. You can always remember to collaborate with people to do this. You don't have to do this by yourself. And if you don't feel comfortable doing this, it is okay. Create your own. As the saying goes, be the change you wish to see in the world. If you don't like something, change it. If there aren't many vegan options around you, create your own vegan company. Products, brand, blog, film, show, podcast, videos, foundation, festival, event, or organization. Put more vegan creations into the world while advocating for animals. Create as a form of animal activism to share with the world. Yes, you can do this. You really can. So those are just a few ways of animal activism for you to do. And I know there's probably more. But those are the ones that just came to my mind. And all of these help animals in huge, tremendous ways. They're all very powerful. They're all very effective. Not one of them is better than another. They're all very appreciated, needed, and necessary. They're so important and they really do make a huge difference, whether it is small or big. So you can find your own way to help if you want to do that. Just remember to lead by example. Share your story. Share why you chose veganism. Share your experience. Keep educating. Keep advocating and always be the vegan that you wish you met when you became vegan yourself. Now, there are some people that will argue, well, I go to the zoo because I learn about to learn about animals. And, you know, we already know about zoos, that they're not, that they don't have animals and best interests in mind. So there are other ways to learn about animals. And I had a blog post about that and I'm going to find it and share that with you in this podcast episode as well. Because a lot of people say, well, I have to do this to learn about animals when that's not the case. There are many other ways to learn about animals in a positive way that supports them and doesn't exploit them or contribute to animal use. You can do this in a great way with their best interests in mind. So, while I look for that, I will just say that there's like eight different ways that I found and that I shared. So there might be more. Of course, there probably is more. But these are just the ones, again, that come to my mind. Eight cruelty-free ways to learn about animals. So again, we have to be responsible, we have to stay accountable, and we have to be empathetic. Can you imagine how these animals feel? What do you think it would be like to be stepped on and disregarded? Those were insects go through every damn day. What do you feel, what do you think snakes feel like? How do you think they feel when somebody's taking a hike or taking a walk and they just decide to kill a snake? Because they are in the presence of the snake. 
Did the snake strike them? Did the snake threaten their life in any way? No, the snake was just existing and living their life. Just so happens to be in the same place that a person was. The snake did not enter the person's home. The person entered the snake's home. Yet the person feels the need to kill that snake because they are in the same place at the same time with the snake. That is a type of shit that goes on every day that is totally unnecessary and very infuriating and frustrating. So, people are invading animals' spaces and they are taking animals' lives and completely disregarding them. I'm pretty sure 100% of the time or 90-something percent of the time, an an animal is not going to try to kill you. They're just fucking not. They're just not. Maybe in some cases they would, but if they did, believe me, they would have a damn good reason because they're not stupid and they don't want to take the risk of getting hurt or dying because they want to live too. So most of the time when people kill animals, it is not for self-defense. And that is such a fucking shame because honestly, can you imagine? Just think about how they would, how they would feel. And it just, it doesn't just happen to snakes. It happens to so many animals, but I just want to talk about insects and snakes because people disregard them and don't think much about them, but they are living beings. They do have a central nervous system. They can feel pain and so can fish because they're another animal that people disregard so much. They feel like they're not like other animals because they're fish and they can't make facial expressions and they can't make sounds, but believe me, they can feel just like anybody else can. Why do you think when they're taken out of water, they flip around, flip around like crazy? Yes, they can feel pain. Oh, but it's okay. I put the fish back. No, it's not okay. Can you imagine getting a, can you imagine someone invading your home without even telling you, sticking a hook into your mouth and dragging you out of your home? Can you imagine that? How would that feel? That's exactly what the fuck they go through every damn day. And yes, they may even die after that. So I like to bring the attention to people of those kinds of animals because people don't think about them that much. And people really don't show the horrors that those types of animals go through. Insects are stepped on every day and and are killed. They're whacked with something just because they're in the presence of a person. You can take that insect back outside. They're not going to hurt you. They're not trying to kill you. Yeah, some of them are poisonous and can mess you up, but that's only if they feel the need to do that. They are not going to harm you in any way. No animal is going to harm you in any way unless they feel the need to do that. And the reason they would feel the need to do that is if they were feeling threatened by you. If you are feeling threatened by someone, what the fuck are you going to do? Just stand there? No, you're going to try to defend yourself and you're going to fight. That is exactly what they're doing. Go take a hike, literally, and see a wild animal. Just just notice them because they're, they're probably going to be there. And just observe them and, and, and see if they will come at you. Just see. Will a wild animal come at you? Will they try to hurt you? Will they try to kill you? Will they try to take your life away? Absolutely, probably the fuck not. Not unless you're trying to kill them. And that is exactly how we need to look at this. That is exactly how we need to act. If they are not trying to kill us, we do not need to fuck with them, period. Why do we feel the need that they owe us something? Why do we feel the need to fuck with them why do we feel like they are property and that we own them what if we feel that we have the right to do whatever the fuck we want to to them because they can't speak our language 
There's no need for that. And we need to really take it back and think about that. Domestic animals do depend on us, but we don't own them. And we don't have the right to do bad shit to them. So that is the way that we should look at that because that is the truth. And once we look at it and have that perspective, that we'll understand how stupid and illogical and erratic and disgraceful it is when we just kill them for no fucking reason. There's no need for that. There's no need to use them at all either. So what are eight different ways you can learn about animals in a cruelty-free way? You can watch documentaries about them. And believe me, there's tons of them. And a lot of them are pretty hard to watch because they're real and they show the reality. And if you can't handle the truth, then it's probably because you are contributing to it. You need to take a really deep look at yourself and evaluate your choices and your actions. Because these documentaries are out there and there's a, there's a person out there that videoed this. There's a person out there that took these pictures. And it was very hard for them to do, but they knew it was necessary so that it could get out into the world because it needs to be out in the world. And people need to see it and they need to know what's actually happening. While huge companies try to hide this. It's the real deal truth. And there's many documentaries out there. Maybe there are some that are not as horrible to watch. But believe me, the horrible ones are important too. There is National Geographic. Disney has that. There's Disney nature documentaries where there's people filming animals in their habitat. And guess what? They're leaving them the fuck alone. They're not fucking with them. They're literally just there observing and, and documenting it. They're not trying to go to the animal. They're not hurting the animal. They're not going anywhere near the animal. They're not trying to give the animal food. They're not trying to pet the animal and all this other bullshit, right? They're not invading their space. No, they're giving them privacy. They're giving them respect. And they're giving them space to live their life just as we live, just like we live our lives. That's it. They just want to live. It's really that fucking simple. So, so when you see these nature documentaries, most of them are good because a person, again, like I said, is giving them respect, giving them space, and give them privacy. Because that is their home that these people are entering. These people are just entering their home to, to observe and document, to share with the world. The way that these animals should live. And that's it. It's that simple. So if you want to learn about how animals live, what their environments are like and all of that, watch one of these documentaries. Because that is how it really should be. But like I said, the horrible ones that go through the tragedy of how animals are being tortured, exploited, killed, harmed, abused, neglected. Those are really important to watch too because that is the truth. There's good and there's bad and we need to see it all and it's all important for us to know. Know about. Know about it. Another way to learn about animals? Books, articles, and publications. Obviously. Reading about animals can always be a great way to learn about them. There's a book called Beg, B-E-G, a Radical New Way of Regarding Animals by Rory Friedman. So, this is a really important book to read that shows how animals are being exploited. And there's other many books as well. There's also My Gentle Barn, A Place of Hope by Ellie Lacks. She created the Gentle Barn Animal Sanctuary and her book details her experience of that and what an animal sanctuary really does and why it's a good thing and why it's needed. 
there are many, many, many other books, and I listed them, I listed just a few of them in my blog posts, but they're about animal rights and all of that, but so much can be learned about animals from, from books, from publications, from magazines, from articles, and you can find them because they're out there. Getting out in nature. So this is what I was talking about, hikes. A lot of people love to hike. That is a great way to see animals in their natural habitats and live, just living their lives. But it doesn't just have to be a hike. You go to a park. You just go outside in the yard and you might find some. Go outside, go out into the woods or any part of nature and you, and you will probably see an animal. Whether it's a squirrel or a deer or a rabbit or insects or reptiles, whatever. So getting outside and observing natural spaces, habitats, and environments around you can teach you a lot about animals. Whether you're on a hike, a trail in the woods, at the lake, beach, mountains, desert, or even your own backyard. You can see the natural homes of all kinds of animals and see them in nature. Birds as well. Birds, reptiles, fish, squirrels, deer, rabbits, insects, all of them. They can be seen while you're hiking or camping. And other wild animals can be seen throughout as well. A lot of people bird watch and that's, that's, that's fine. That's okay. Because you're not, you're not disrespecting the animal. You're not invading their privacy. You're not getting close to them. You're not disturbing them or disrupting them or harming them in any way. So that's a cool thing to do. And there's many different beautiful, beautiful birds. And back to books. When I was talking about books, I was talking about more so animal rights books and like giving you a lot of words, but there are also a lot of books that show pictures of many different types of animals that are just informational type books that just show you how many different animals there are and tells you facts about them. Those are amazing books as well, especially for kids. So there's a lot of books out there like that as well. They don't necessarily have to be animal rights books just to learn about animals. There are plenty of them out there that have a lot of pictures of many animals you don't even know exist, Um, many different types, um, many different facts and information about them to learn about them as well. You can get your yard certified as a wildlife habitat. The National Wildlife Federation can give you the information you need to get your yard certified as a wildlife habitat. What this means is that wildlife can live and thrive in your yard. Doing this is committing to sustainably providing the essential elements of wildlife habitat. The basic requirements to have for wildlife are water, for them to drink and bathe, food for them to eat, cover, shelter, places to raise their young and sustainable and safe practices from you, keeping your yard safe, healthy, and clean. This is such a cool and perfect way to learn about animals. So you can just go search for the National Wildlife Federation website and you can find all the information you need to there. That is a great way to help animals in a very effortless easy way because it doesn't take much to get your yard certified but it is important that you go through everything needed to do that and abide and abide by that so you can just go to the national wildlife federation's website to find out more about that but it's a great way to learn about animals and observe them without going anywhere Volunteering. Volunteers are always needed at animal shelters, animal rescues, and animal sanctuaries. Volunteer at these and you can learn about animals, see them, and help them firsthand. 
There's nothing like learning about animals when you're actually there with them. And I know that that's not possible for a lot of different types of animals, like wild ones and things like that. But when you volunteer your time, you get to really know how animals are and you get to experience how you can help. And it really does make a good positive difference. Adopting. If you're ready for the responsibility and commitment of giving an animal a home, you can adopt one or more from a shelter or a rescue. There are rescues that you can adopt dogs, rabbits, cats, horses, and reptiles from. What better way to learn about animals than by seeing them every day and helping to take care of them? So like I said, these these refer to domestic animals. And yes, there are rabbit, reptile, and horse rescues. So yeah, there is. You don't need to buy them from stores because that is contributing and to the breeding and we don't need to support that. So what I'm saying is we have a responsibility to take care and care for domestic animals. They depend on us. And we are the reason why there are so many of them because people breed them. So we are their guardians and we can have them as part of our family and a part of our home if we have the right resources to do so. And people do it all the time. So obviously, that's another way to learn about animals firsthand. Animal sanctuaries. Animal sanctuaries are one of the absolute best ways to learn about animals. There are sanctuaries for domestic animals and sanctuaries for wild animals. You can go to them, but make sure that they are real and true sanctuaries. They should be accredited by the Global Federation on Animal Sanctuaries. So yeah. There is some bad in the world, as we know. There are some sanctuaries trying to see that, trying to say that they're accredited, but they're not. So you really don't want to make sure about that. Global Federation on Animal Sanctuaries. Now, the wild the wild animal sanctuaries, obviously you don't really get to interact with those animals, and we don't want to do that because in real life, in the real environments, we would not be interacting with them. So... What a sanctuary does is it provides the care that animals need in the closest way that they would be living if they were in the wild. They're not able to be in the wild because if they were, they would be a huge target and they probably would die. Just because they weren't wild really that much in their lives. They're, they're considered a wild animal, but they really weren't wild. There are many tigers, um, the wild cats like that. And other types of wild animals that came from zoos and that came from circus acts that came from um, people owning them, because that's what they could say, and letting and tranquilizing them and letting kids and other people take pictures with them, profiting off the off of the exploitation of them. Um, so, yeah, animals that came from amusement parks, zoos, like I said, um, circuses, like I said. And there are some people that even had them as companion animals, like you would have a dog or a cat. They would have a tiger. They would have a wolf or some crazy shit like that when they know damn good and well that those animals aren't supposed to be a part of our families like that as companions to us. Monkeys too. No, absolutely not. They belong in sanctuaries because they're typically considered wild animals and their natural habitat wouldn't be living in a home with people, period. So that's what sanctuaries are for. And... That takes care of them. They give them their food. They give them their water. They give them their shelter. They, they have vet care when they need it. They have medical care when they need it. They have medical attention when they need it. But 
They give them their space and they leave them the fuck alone. That's really what it is. They keep, they keep people safe and they keep the animals safe because if those animals were out in the wild or out in public, that could, you know, not be a good thing. Um, and so they keep the animals safe as well from people fucking with them and, or from other predators, um, coming for them if they lived in the wild and they wouldn't be able to live safely because they've spent so much of their life in captivity. So that's why sanctuaries are so very important and um, there might be one local to you. Um, and there's also many domestic uh, animal sanctuaries as well. So those let you interact with the animals a little bit and you can help groom them and feed them and stuff like that. So that's, that's wonderful. Streaming and live cams. This is really cool and you don't have to go anywhere for this. It's so awesome what technology can do. Animal sanctuaries have live cams set up that you can see online some may do this, some may not. Maybe they don't do this anymore. I'm really not sure, but maybe hopefully they still do. It's a great way to learn about animals and some sanctuaries even offer animal education programs to further your learning if you want to learn more. So I don't know at this point if it does anymore, but the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee has a distance learning program. The Gentle Barn has classes to learn about animals as well as virtual tours. The Gentle Barn is, an, is a domestic farm animal sanctuary, and the Elephant Sanctuary is a sanctuary in Tennessee for elephants. You can find live cams from sanctuaries on explore.org. So go to explore.org and see, because there might be some still there. Now, when I say elephants, they were wild, but they can't be in the wild again because they were living in captivity most of their life um, in different places where people would ride them. And use them to paint with to paint. They would like their trunk. They would use their trunks to paint or some crazy dumb shit. So that's the thing. They can't put these wild animals back into the wild because they would be a huge target and prey for predators, and they wouldn't be able to survive and make it because they've lived most of their life in captivity. Or maybe they found a wild animal where their mom got killed and couldn't take care of them, so they they have taken care of this wild animal since they were little, and then just put them in a sanctuary from there. So it could be that as well. But like I said, some of these wild animals were not born in the wild so they can't be put back out in the wild because it's been because it's too late at that point because they've lived their whole lives they were bred into something that people um, exploited them and they were they were brought up that way and did not live in their natural habitat and were forced to do things that was not natural to them and they weren't thriving and they became depressed and they became frustrated and they became angry and confused and so that is why sanctuaries take those animals and rescue them to get them back to trusting people in a way that they could live their life in the best way that they possibly could not being in the wild. So sanctuaries are very, very important. Please support them and find out more about them if you can. So those are the different ways to learn about animals if you want to do that. And the different activism is very important as well. If you don't feel comfortable doing any of that, it's totally okay. You're fine just the way you are. And always remember to keep growing and learning and to keep sharing. So thanks for listening. And go to veganbeautypower.com for more. Thanks so much for listening and being here. If you've loved this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Share this podcast with anyone and everyone you know who will love it too. For more, go to veganbeautypower.com, read the blog, and subscribe to the Vegan Beauty Power Goddess Love Letters. It's all for you, goddess.